Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Secret Podcast with Sixth Sense Media. It's the show that challenges reality, questions at which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change, making the paranormal feel quite normal, and the supernatural quite natural. Once again, that's what we aim to do as we go deep, deep down that rabbit hole this evening. I'm your host, Dennis Snappy II. Happy to be here. I took the week off last week for the Thanksgiving holiday. I wanted to come on the air. I missed coming on the air, but it was also just a much, much needed break. Had a lot going on. We had the family over, and uh, I helped prepare dinner. So it was an enjoyable experience, but I missed speaking with all of you. I feel like I've been off the air for months. I think I needed to unplug, though, as I have spoke about in the last couple of podcasts over the last month. I've had some things going on with me. It seems uh, spiritually, emotionally... I don't want to say it's been a roller coaster because a roller coaster, I think, denotes you've had good and bad things going on. It's been mostly positive for me. I just feel like I'm going through a new level of of perspective that just enhances every everything I've already been been looking at. And I took a break from all of the heavy stuff that I cover on here because. When, when I look at this show and I look at the data that's out there, I mean, you can get really upset by looking at it. You know, a few weeks back, I did a show, Coping with Truth. How do we deal with some of this heavy stuff? And uh, I had, I think I had just, I had to unplug. I had to unplug for a little bit because there's some really heavy stuff, some of which I'm going to get into tonight. And one of the things that I realized is that I think that no matter how bad it gets, we can find hope. And I think that my journey is evidence of that. Meaning that, I guess this this phase of my journey started in 2013 when my father died. And since his passing, I've run the gamut of emotion. And I, I, and I said this, I know I sound like a broken record, Food for the Archons, started out as a book of despair. I was writing this book to say, we are all screwed. It's hopeless. We're nothing but cattle, and they're feeding off of us daily. That was my objective with that book, just a sob story of despair. And I did not expect to come across what I came across, to learn what I learned, not just in my research, but then all of a sudden in my own experiences, I started having these enhanced psychic experiences. And it gave me a glimpse of our power. And I, I want to preface that in the beginning of this. You know, and I, I think I've mentioned it in the last couple shows. I've been on a self-help kick. And I've been listening to a lot of Tony Robbins lately, and, and I've watched, I think, everything he has out there over the last three weeks. I haven't really watched, until a couple days ago, Ray, Ray Davis sent me a few things, and I, that's when I got back into this type of content, was I think yesterday, because Ray's been sending me this really good stuff. Because every time I'd go to put one of these things on, these heavy things that we talk about and listen to, 
I'd say, ah, you know what? I'm not ready yet. And I'd go back and I'd listen to Tony Robbins give some motivation or talk to somebody who's dealing with some life problems and be like, oh, yeah, I had that problem or I had that problem. And, oh, he worked through it. And it, what was powerful about that is, and I guess here's what I've been thinking a lot about. Tony Robbins doesn't talk about this stuff that, that I talk about on my show. That doesn't mean he's not interested in it. That doesn't mean that it's not something that he's aware of. But he doesn't talk about it because he doesn't need to. Now, what is what is my goal here? My goal, number one, is to share information through my own experiences, through my own research, in hopes that it will benefit you and you can go out and use it to make a positive change in this world. That's really my hope with this. And I looked at what Tony Robbins does, and he, you know, he prides himself, he's reached millions of people. If we're a worst case scenario, if we're living in some kind of a farm and they're feeding off of our negative thought and emotion, and I've been saying this for a while, by getting mad and trying to fight them, we're actually creating more of the product that they, whoever they are, we're creating more of that product that they want, that negativity, that, that fear. It's the fear and the anxiety and the worry and the loneliness. Now, what Tony Robbins does, he takes a, a room of 2,500 people and he takes them out of that emotional state of depression, despair, and sadness, people that have lost it all, horrible stories, and he gives them the tools they need to become self-empowered to not just get out of the funk that they're in, but to thrive and find true happiness. And that's what's really captured me by what's been happening here, what I've been seeing. And, I, and when I see that... I see the hope of the human spirit, and I think it's important for us to find that and, and recognize that. And I, I, he has got a special on Netflix. It was very powerful. I watched it. I think it's called Tony Robbins, I'm Not Your Guru. That gives me hope, as much as all the other really cool psychic stuff that I've come across and covered on the show as well. If he can take that many people who a lot of them are in those terrible states and change them in a matter of a couple of days or give them the tools to change themselves, then there's real hope in this world. And we need to keep that in mind in case something bad happens in our lifetime. And it seems like that's a possibility. We need to mentally prepare ourselves to prepare ourselves to be resilient, that if something bad happens... I will find a way to maintain happiness, no matter how bad it is. And he's got people that go through some really bad things. I'm not saying don't be sad. I'm not saying don't get angry. Those are natural human emotions. But understand that people have been through terrible things and have still found ways to live beautiful, fulfilling, happy lives. And I think that's important. And I know I'm spending a lot of time on this, but I think that's so powerful to discuss and and caveat and and give you that before we get into this other stuff on the show. Now, speaking of psychic stuff, I, I did a couple Reiki sessions uh, over the last week. I had some friends in town. And I'm noticing now, I don't get to do it as often as I'd like, but I'm doing it more frequently. And as my research has shown me, these this sixth sense that we all have, the more we use it, the stronger it gets. So I, I had one friend, and he's a skeptic. He's he, he 
he doesn't believe in outer space. I mean, he's very skeptical of everything that he can't see it. You know, if he can't see it and touch it, he doesn't believe it's real. He definitely doesn't believe in psychic abilities. And I don't promote myself as a psychic. I'm just using that term because we all understand when I say psychic, we understand what that means. So I'm, and I'm not going to give the personal details away about our session, but as I'm giving him Reiki, I'm starting to have visions of things, random things, um, some of which served as metaphors, some of which were direct visions of maybe what was going on with my friend. And when it was over, I reviewed them with him. I said, look, I'm just going to tell you everything that I perceived because I'm trying to learn what I'm getting as well. And he's like, look, this was weird. I felt all sorts of vibrations going through my body in different spots at different times. And he says, I don't believe in psychics, but there's no way you can know any of this stuff that you're telling me. How are you seeing that? You know, like, so he, he definitely came out of that going, wow, I don't know how you know these things or are seeing those things. Um, and, and the same thing with my other friend when uh, I gave her a session. Um, she's not a skeptic, but she confirmed a lot of the visions I had. Like I had one random vision, and uh, I explained it to her. I said, look, this makes no sense to me. I don't know why I'm seeing this. And she goes, well, that's the exact thing that I visualize when I – meditate and try to relax and I was visualizing that while you were doing the session like that blew my mind so I, again I'm nothing special this is something that every one of you out there can learn to do now you may have different strengths you may not visualize I mean I feel first and then I visualize you may smell things you may hear things you may have a completely different gift uh, regardless I think it's something we can all do. Um, we're not all Ingo Swans. We're not all Michael Jordans. But I think it's something we can all use and we can all enhance in our lives. So I wanted to share that um, with all of you. On this show, I don't think I, I got into what I want to talk about this week. Um, Ray sent me a video, a, a recent Richard Dolan YouTube video, um, and, and he gets into talking about hybrids. Um, and it, it sparked a lot of thoughts in me and ties into a lot of things. So I want to talk about some of the stuff that he brought up because he really inspired what's kind of in my head. I got to tell you, I've been sitting here, it's uh, 10.50 right now, November 30th, Friday night. I've been sitting here for about an hour and a half. Uh, I wrote down all my notes, everything I want to cover, and then I was debating, do I want to just do the show tomorrow because I'm exhausted, but I'm so excited to talk about this. I was like, nope, I got to get this out now. I got to talk about this stuff. I want to talk about a little bit hybrids, AI, uh, and how that ties into our greater reality. But there's some news stories that came across my feed just today, actually, that I think are very relevant to what, we, what we're exploring here that I want to share with you. So I'm going to go through these stories quick. I have about five of them. Uh, I want to just give you the heads up, and then they're going to be linked in the show notes at SixthSenseMedia.net. They will be in the secret newsletter. If you haven't done so already, Please go to sixcentsmedia.net slash I am human and subscribe. Uh, you'll get your free ebook and you're going to be signed up for the secret newsletter. Great things in there. You'll have all these links I'm going to talk about so you can continue with your own research as well. So, this one comes to us from Daily Mail. Is a space war brewing? Russia announces it will establish a lunar colony by 2040, just hours after NASA says it's returning to the moon, quote, to stay. Russia will establish a moon colony by 2040, the space agency announced. Getting a human crewed landing to set up a lunar base is their top priority. News comes just after NASA revealed it plans to take America back to the moon using private firms. Look, this is our future. We're going to the moon. Now, I don't 
know. I don't. I doubt we're getting the full picture uh, on this. And on a side note, I haven't viewed it yet. I just got in my inbox today. The far sight's target this month was structures on the moon. I can't wait to see what they got. Last month, they viewed the Denver Air, uh, the Denver Airport and the conspiracy about the secret base under there. I don't want to steal their thunder. Check that out. But um, I, I want to listen to what they see in terms of structures being on the moon. I know Ingo Swan, in, in uh, one of his books about the moon, he said he was seeing civilizations up there on the moon. There's a lot out there on the Internet, obviously, uh, with structures on the moon as well. So I'll be curious to see the far size data that comes out talking about what's on the moon. But now that we're going back up there, we've got acknowledgement that UFOs are real. This is coming to a head. This is absolutely coming to a head. And, and think about this. In our lifetime, in most of our lifetimes, we may be able to go take a tour of the moon. That might be where we're going. I mean, that's highly exciting but let us remember to proceed with caution as well. Uh, I, I don't have everything in front of me right now. I, I, it might be related. I just want to give a heads up to it. Secure Team just put out a video. Ray sent it to me this evening. I guess on November 11th, there was a, a hum or a signal or a, a wave. He called it a wave that went out and it traveled the entire world. Most people didn't notice it. It was not an earthquake. They don't know where it came from. And he says the pitch was a single tone where normally it's a range of different frequencies that are affiliated with an earthquake. He doesn't know what it is or what it, where it came from. My first thought was, oh my gosh, this is a precursor to that signal that we were talking about with, with uh, Edward Reardon when he came on my show talking about the AI stuff. But then Alaska just got hit with a major, major earthquake today. Uh, they had a tsunami warning. Uh, I don't think the, there was it, that ended up being canceled, fortunately. But apparently, it was a big deal. It was a 7.0, I think. And I saw some of the pictures. Um, some interesting stuff, uh, conspiracy-related stuff that it may have been more than just an earthquake. But I don't have enough information on it yet. I just bruised, you know, uh, browsed through some of the uh, pictures I saw out there. Interesting, interesting stuff. So let me keep it moving. I have links to everything for you guys to check out and do your own research. And of course, if you have any information. Please let me know. All right, here's one. This comes to us from gizmodo.com. Scientists propose no new way to treat depression with brain implants. Now, again, sounds great, doesn't it? I mean, treat depression. Oh, my gosh. Um, let's see here. Let's read what it's talking about. In recent years, doctors have explored an unorthodox method to address cases of depression that haven't responded to other treatments, sending precise electrical shocks directly in the areas of a patient's brain, otherwise known as deep brain stimulation. While a technique has shown some promise, its positive effects tend to be inconsistent. But a new study out of the University of California, San Francisco, published Thursday in Current Biology, seems to offer an intriguing step forward for DBS as a therapy for depression. Their research suggests that there's another possible target for stimulation, one that might provide more reliable improvements in mood. Even better, the new target could be free from worrying side effects seen with traditional DBS, like mania. DBS is commonly used to manage neurological conditions like Parkinson's disease and epileptic seizures. 
These conditions are characterized by erratic electrical activity in certain brain regions, and the impulses used in DBS sent through electrodes implant in the brain via surgery and controlled by a device, also usually implanted in the body elsewhere, are thought to act as a pacemaker, temporarily restoring a healthy brain pattern and easing people's symptoms. People with depression also tend to have abnormal brain activity, so it's been theorized that DBS could be helpful for difficult, treatment-resistant cases of depression. I'm going to leave the rest of this for you guys to read in the show notes. This one doesn't sound like it's an AI-type computer in the brain. And I... I Look, I've been I've been talking about the the electromagnetism in our bodies and our brains. This might be something that could really help people out. I mean, it seems like horribly invasive. You're sticking something in your brain. This is this is it's I mean, it's mind control ultimately. It's behavior control, it's behavior modification. And we tend to always look at that and I I tried to be straddle both sides in my book when I talked about some of this stuff. From the from the perspective, at least that, that a lot of us in the conspiracy realm have, it's like, oh my gosh, this stuff is bad. They're mind controlling it. They're using it to manipulate us. There can be some benefit to this stuff, and we need to be mindful of that. I, I try not to. I know I tend to get to the extreme of things sometimes, but I'm trying to make sure I'm open minded. This could really help a lot of people. But do your due diligence. Do your research. All right, moving on. I'm just going to read the headline to this one. I want you to check it out on your own. Uh, it's from WashingtonExaminer.com. Military warns EMP attack could wipe out America, democracy, and world order. This is nothing new, but there's another article about it. I, I suggest that you go check that out um, and, and something to just be mindful. North Korea doesn't seem to be the big threat that they once were, but they're saying North Korea you know, could possibly have it, and so could Russia. And, of course, all of our enemies uh, most likely have this device. And then that ties into a lot of the space race and the space war that may or may not be lying ahead of us if they want to send us back to the dark ages. They certainly could. Speaking of UFOs, from the Houston Chronicle, UFO sighting in Texas, Keller resident records mysterious cigar-shaped object in the sky. There's a bunch of pictures up. Uh, It says the mountainous cigar-shaped object spotted last week near Fort Worth left the witness stumped. And a video of the sighting has since gone viral, opening the door to UFO theories online. I'll leave that for you to review and draw your own conclusions. I wonder if we're going to be seeing more of these. Lastly, this story saddens me a little bit. The Trump administration approves seismic tests that could harm thousands of Atlantic dolphins and whales. This has to do with drilling for oil off the Atlantic. Again, we need to be moving away from these, uh, the oil-based dependency that we have now a new climate change report is is horribly terrifying i haven't gotten through it yet but they're saying it sounds like we have less time and need to be more concerned um, with the effects that climate change is having now again i know there's a lot of debate uh is it man-made is it not man-made is it happening is it not happening i'm pretty sure that climate change is happening the cause of it for me the jury's out Simply because I and I say this a lot, I haven't done enough research on it. Um, I, I do think that mankind plays a role in destroying the environment and contributing to the extinction of many species that we see. I also think that the world, the Earth, goes through many natural cycles. Now, are we speeding that up? Are we enhancing that? I don't know, but I think the climate is definitely changing, and we need to heed those warnings 
and start taking action now. I, I, again, I don't think this means head for the hills, we're all going to die. I think this is something we can overcome. Now, what we're starting to see are the, are the threats that, well, what this report was talking about is we're going to see a lot more foodborne illnesses, less crop being produced, animals starting to die off. I mean, that sounds horrible, right? That, I think, is the fear-mongering piece because when they're saying this, they're not talking about things like uh, aquaponics and hydroponics where you can grow healthy food with minimal water in a controlled environment. So you can have all the climate change you want, but technically I could set up a system inside my own home that will feed probably everybody on my street. Well, I don't have anybody on my street, but every I, I could feed several families. If everybody had their own aquaponics and hydroponics systems in their home, we wouldn't have to worry about this. The problem is we're looking at major societal changes. We're not, we'd have to move away from, I got to do my nine to five every day and be gone from my home. I won't have time to maintain this. Or we can look at industry farming change where instead of having all these farmers and pesticides and everything, we move to this hydro agro farming inside these controlled domed facilities. I'm saying dome because I like the monolithic dome build. But these inside facilities that can replace that using less water, less space. Every community could have one. I mean, we we have viable options. So this climate change, your food is poison. And I wonder, is this problem, reaction, solution? You had the iceberg lettuce that was saying was bad. And they, I just saw some other food was recalled. We are seeing, I think, more of that now. Is this something we need to be afraid of? No, we have options. That's the thing. We have options. Are we going to exercise those options? And this is what I was talking about. We are an intelligent species. We could sit here, we could be afraid, we could be depressed, or we can take that challenge and grow from it. It's Right now, it's our choice. What are we going to do about it? All right. Let me move into uh, this Richard Dolan stuff. And again, Ray sent this to me, and, and Ray's always great for, for good content. And the, the discussions are still excellent on uh, on Facebook lately with everybody that's been joining in. Uh, I thank all of you for your contributions to um, you know what we've been talking about. Ray, as always, is killing it with what he's putting out there um, as well. And uh, he's got some great articles up at SixthSenseMedia.net. I want you to get over there and check out what he's been talking about. It's going to, again challenge our our perception of reality and it's going to give us those thought-provoking ethical questions um, and, and things to ponder and think about and that's what I why I'm so excited to work with Ray because he's always he's always challenging me not in a, a controversial way or uh, adversarial way just in a way that's like wow that's really something to think about and, and and I enjoy where that comes from so check it out sixcentsmedia.net Lots of uh, great content that Ray's been throwing up there for us to review and check out. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm going to just preview a couple of them here to show you what he has up here uh, as my page is loading. So he's got Best Me Affirmation, Relaxing Ocean Waves Virgin. He just put uh, he just put this up the other day. Ray is the king of affirmations, as I say. He's got the affirmation spot going. I, I've been talking about, you know, we need to get that positivity in our life. We've got it right there at SixthSenseMedia.net. Uh, here's another one. Paying It Forward, series number one, uh, watching YouTube ads. Check that out from, from Ray as well. 
Again, positive stuff. We've got the scary stuff, but he's also got the positive stuff that he's thrown out there. He's got another review here. 55 years ago today, the Warren Commission is announced. That's pretty interesting stuff to go back and revisit that. Um, And some other great things that I think are well worth your attention. SixthSenseMedia.net. Please continue to check it out. All right, commercial over. Richard Dolan. He was on there with his wife, and they were talking about UFOs. He made some comments about hybrids, and he was comparing two different schools of thought. And forgive me, he was talking about two separate researchers mainly whose names have escaped me, and I don't, I just don't have time to go back and, and, and listen to it again to find them at the moment. I'm going to have the links to his discussion. You can go back and listen to him and get the, get the researchers' names. But one predominantly thinks that ET intervention here is positive, benevolent to help mankind. The other side, the other individual, um, you know, who's an author and a, and a hypnotherapist and a, and a researcher, he believes that they they're, they're malevolent. Now he says there may be other agendas here, but his main focus is on these malevolent ETs that are here. And he was talking about the hybrid program, and he was saying how both sides are seeing and have been seeing for quite some time now people who are considered abductees who have been asked to train these hybrids. So, And the tasks have been very simple tasks. These beings are crossbreeds between humanity and whatever these other alien species are. And they're being taught to do simple things like turn on an oven get food out of the fridge, how to turn on lights, basic things. I guess they have no social functioning skills whatsoever in our environment because they're raised, I guess, on a spaceship until a certain age. I know it sounds wild and wacky, right? But this is what the data is saying. And again, when we look at what's unfolding now in the mainstream, it's not too far-fetched anymore. So we talked about these hybrids being trained, and he said the reason why they're what they're being prepared for is that at some point in time, there's going to be some event where they're then going to just, I guess, take over. And that's what really caught my attention, my you know, my doom and gloom side, my dark side here. Um, and, and I'm tying into Ed Reardon stuff where he was remote viewing this signal that goes out and all of a sudden it changes everybody's brain. And, and, and Dolan was talking about some of these ET races, how, or, or, or this AI, I mean, just this hive mentality is what it sounds like. And, and I'm wondering if there's a connection here. I'm wondering if this stuff is all related. If we've got this AI that's getting ready to become self-aware, I think it probably already is. We just, we're just not aware of it yet. We've got AI that's coming online that's slowly infiltrating our lives, especially once this 5G comes online. It's already in our in our cell phones, which is our pockets. It's in our, our smart meters in our homes. It's on our computers. It's in our the Internet of Things, your washing machine, some places, your toilets, your, your refrigerator. Your, everything is connected to the Internet now, right? So this AI is everywhere in our lives. Your, your Alexas and your Google Homes, whatever you have, um, they're all... It's all there. It's gathering metadata. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing a lot of what Dolan was talking about. We are being conditioned to, to, to work and integrate 
develop these symbiotic relationships with it. Now, Dolan talked about and warned about the dangers of the social credit system. And he made a point. Number one, China's get they're rolling this out already. Right now, he said it's voluntary. They're getting ready to make it mandatory um, within a year, I think. And he said, we probably already have a social credit system. And this social credit system, he says, it's based on um, who you're you know, how you're behaving, how people are ranking you, who your friends are. And he says, imagine the impact that's going to have if somebody, if you end up with a low ranking, are your people, are your friends going to start defriending you? Are you going to be and become an outcast? And he made the comparison to things like PayPal, how they're banning people with the, with what they're labeling as hate speech. It's a very scary thing. It can totally decimate your livelihood and your life in so many different ways. I'm getting sidetracked a little bit, but my point is this. Are we looking at some kind of slow invasion here? Slow takeover. I know, Dennis, it's doom and gloom, right? But is that a real possibility? I, I keep coming back to Corso's comment about AI was, he suspected that these computer chips were seeded here so then this technology could grow to the point where it's at. Now, Dolan suspects, he says that he wonders if these ET races are interested in us because they see the technological infrastructure that they have. And he says maybe, number one, they want that infrastructure for themselves, or number two possibility, maybe they're afraid that that AI is going to become self-aware and ultimately become a threat to them. Something very interesting to consider. I say number three, maybe they seeded it back in the in the 50s and the 40s uh, with the intention of it aiding in their ultimate takeover of the human mind, of human consciousness. I think that's a very real possibility. I don't know exactly how the hybrids fit in, but something was resonating with me when he was talking about these hybrids being trained to eventually integrate in our society. Something is going to happen, what Dolan suspects, and some of these other researchers out there. Is it related? And then he tied into these new age people and he said, the people who look at these ETs in the in the loving, you know, there are benevolent space brothers here to help us and teach us, they're pushing ascension. Now, David Wilcock and Corey Good in their camp, they're pushing ascension and they're talking when the wave hits and when the change, the frequency changes, you know, we're going to ascend. And, and what they're talking about, it sounds like the rapture. That scares me, but they're both talking about a change. One is a positive spin, one is a negative spin. I mean, Ed Reardon's uh, remote viewing data was talking about this wave that's going to go out and all of a sudden lock everybody into the hive mind. Are we all going to be connected to the cloud? It, evidence or data is suggesting we are moving towards that. Is it good? Is it bad? Now, what I liked what Dolan said, he brought up a very good point, and he looks at historical UFO abductions, and he's going back throughout history, not just over the past 70 years. He's going back, and he says that a lot of times it's, it's possible that we interpret a supernatural experience based on our current belief structure using that filter. So people will see something appear in the woods and the Catholics were, and the, the you know, devout Christians were saying, that's the Virgin Mary. That's the Blessed Mother. Does that mean that's what it was? No. But when you have that religious lens, 
That's what you know. That's how you might interpret it. Now, you may think, well, I wouldn't interpret it that way. Well, maybe if you're not super religious, no. But a lot of us, if we saw some kind of strange being, we'd say, that's an alien. What if they're not alien? What are their manifestations from within the matrix? And, and we just say, well, that's an alien. What if it's an, an ancient race that's been here forever? We're going to say that's an alien because that's the paradigm right now. That's the belief structure that a lot of us hold right now. We don't know. That's just That was a thought that he put out there that I think is important in trying to understand who are these beings? What are they? Now, he's comparing the duality here between these two camps. And I'm gonna, you, you need to go listen to this discussion that he had. So many threads that I could just keep going on. But the other thing I wanted to point out, what if that duality is nothing but a ruse? What if that duality... You know, some one side saying they're love and light space brothers, the other side saying, oh my gosh, they're here to harm us. What if that duality is really two sides of the same coin? What if that's part of the manipulation? What if they're getting people primed for this ascension thing because they serve a purpose, while the other people are going through these horrible, scary, torturous abduction scenarios because they serve a purpose? Maybe they need physical DNA matter material to enhance and further their hybrid program and their research. Yet maybe the ultimate goal is to harvest that loosh from our spirit, from our soul, whatever you want to call it, and that's why the other camp's getting the ascension, but it's a holistic program, and some people just happen to get the what seems to be a more positive side, and some people get the more negative side. Now, he quoted, Dolan quoted Carla Turner, and it's a, it's a, a quote that I've loosely referenced many times, um, at least in my writing, and what they're talking about is, well, Carla Turner said, we're basically here on a farm. And I've gone down that thread, and I can't discount that possibility. And the farmer will treat his animals well. If they're sick, he will heal them because they are a commodity to him. So these animals may receive love from the farmer until it's time to lead them to the slaughter. Is this ascension leading us to the slaughter, we need to be mindful of that. I'm not saying be afraid. The movie that comes to mind, the book that comes to mind, and, and the movie as well, um, Battlefield Earth. And at one point, the human got connected to a learning machine. And he used that learning machine to acquire knowledge that ultimately led to the rebellion and liberation of our species, of mankind. What if all this psychic stuff and this ascension stuff and this love and light, what if we are gaining more insight? And what if we can ultimately use that to liberate ourselves, but we need to let go of the religious doctrine and dogma that's coming with that? I, th I really think that's where our resistance, our rebellion, and our, our true freedom and liberation can come from. Remote viewing what I'm seeing is giving us an ability to see things that I think don't wish to be seen. And I don't, I don't think that's a ruse. I can't get into too, too much of that right now just due to time and, and whatever. But I think we can use things like remote viewing and our intuition developed, controlled with practice to gather information, to make better choices, ultimately to defend ourselves. Courtney Brown in his, in his book, Cosmic Voyage, 
he talked about how he's he's trained in transcendental meditation and his wife is trained in transcendental meditation. And as he was preparing to put these targets together to, to gather information on ET civilizations, and I'll never forget, it was the, it's at the beginning of the book. I should have pulled it so I can read it for you. He said his wife was home and she was visited by a gray. And he said the gray tried to make her sleep, but because she's a trained meditator, she was able to resist that temptation. So they do have this level of control over us, but I believe, and I know there's other accounts out there, through meditation, we can have more control with these encounters and we can develop more of a resistance to the attempts to control us through these beings. Now, the other thing that I want to talk about is we have this duality. Let's step away from this scary, maybe they're here to take us over. Let's say this is just one big simulated learning machine. And we have multiple fragments of consciousness in this program. And right now, we are all collectively contributing to the same reality. And we're making choice. Schrodinger's cat, the cat is in the box. It's both dead and alive. Right now, as David Icke says, infinite possibility. What if we have the, and this gets complex, like a spider web of realities. What if we're constantly shifting to different timelines and different realities based on the conscious choices we make? So you and I might be in the same reality right now. But you may choose to perceive AI is coming and it's the end of the world and you may stay in that and that may happen. I may choose to perceive, and it's not just positive thinking. I mean, on a subconscious spiritual level, I don't know how it works. The choice I may make, although we're in the same reality right now, it's like choose your own adventure book, may then spin me off into a different timeline. So you may still be in that timeline with me, but now I'm creating that timeline based on the choices that I'm making. I know that sounds nuts. I think if you read Food for the Archives when it comes out, it might make more sense to you. I feel like I'm babbling here. But what if this matrix reality, and here's why I'm saying that. I had Shelly on two weeks ago, and we talked about the fear And she's only scratching the surface, but many out-of-body travelers that I've spoken with and some very credible people that I've read and listened to, Tom Campbell being one, Mark Sirto, who's been on my show, um, this fear seems to be a test. And I believe Bob Monroe talked about it in one of his books. And I know this from experience now. We may encounter these scary abduction-esque experiences certain people that are are conscious explorers have reported, Whitley Strieber being one of them, when you can face that fear, the experience changes. Now, I did a show on AI and demons saying how AI is very similar to a demon because you can summon a demon just like you can summon an AI once you know the name and how to call it. It's, It's all a program. What if these extraterrestrials or these beings that we're encountering are some kind of maintenance program for our consciousness. What if we're here to learn? What if something went wrong? What if it was hacked? We've David Icke, you know, one of his most recent talks over the last couple of years, remembering who you are. We have forgotten our connection to this matrix. We've forgotten our connection to this universe, to this existence. What if these beings are some kind of program that manifests in our reality at specific times? 
and because we are in we are have forgotten about it we're in a fear-based state so then we project fear onto them and that's what they manifest based on that because the people who have been able to conquer their, their fear the experience often changes for them i'm not saying that's true with everybody I don't know enough. I haven't researched enough. But I know that when people have these out-of-body experiences as opposed to the physical experiences, because I think there's several things going on here, it changes. What What if these beings are caretakers of the world, of this universe, of this earth, of this farm, and we are the crop, and they're tending... I forget who it was that said they are, they, they've reported being the, the caretakers of our souls. Carla Turner reported massive cloning being going on, uh, going on, but also human consciousness being taken out of a body. This is in Masquerade of Angels and put into some kind of black box. There's something going on with the manipulation of consciousness. But what if it's only the perception that they're in control? And it's that perception that drives that reality that ultimately ends up giving them that control. I I don't know, friends. I'm going down a weird thread here, but we need to be thinking outside the box. We need to step beyond our comfort zone and explore these possibilities. And I I, I really think, and we're seeing more researchers going in this direction now, Grant Cameron being one of them, Richard Dolan in, in what he was just talking about. Consciousness is an important key to understanding this. Uh, I've had several encounters where that message was made quite clear to me. Uh, you know, spiritual encounters, dream-based encounters, and, and beyond. We need to control our fear. We need to enhance our level of consciousness to communicate, to learn, to understand. We have tools at our fingertips, my friends. Are you doing the inner work? And I'm not saying just, just sit there and, and think love and light and positive. No, you know, Tony Robbins, I'm, I'm back on a Tony Robbins kick again. He says, I'm not going to sit there and tell you to go meditate in a garden that there's no weeds. If there's a weed, see it, pull it out. We need to identify what the problem is. Before we can do that, we need to face the fact that there may be a problem. We need to identify what we don't know. We need to identify our own short uh, sh- shortcomings. We need to recognize, we need to be open to the fact that what we believe today might change tomorrow if we come into new evidence and new information because those paradigms, those belief systems limit us. So I do have my beliefs now based on the evidence that I've seen, but every, it feels like every couple months I find something new that shifts it a little bit more and changes it a little bit more. And I'm okay with that at this point. I don't care about being right. I care about finding the truth. And I may be, what I know right now, I may be right in this moment based on what I know. or I'm sorry, or what, I, what I've found. I don't know anything. But then a year from now, I may look back and go, you know what? I was wrong. I was dead wrong because this was a, a false trailer. This was means that you know what I'm getting at, my friends. All right. My eyes are starting to go cross. I think I've been babbling too much here. Uh, let me just check my notes here. Yeah, I've covered everything that I think I wanted to cover. I'll have the links to everything in the show notes at sixcentsmedia.net. It will be out in the secret newsletter um, as well. Please make sure you're signing up for that. Uh, it's been a, uh, like I said, it's been a long week. I'm going through a lot, uh, mostly positive stuff. Like I said, uh, it's been empowering, um, but exhausting. 
But I think I think we're on to something here, my friends. Uh, I'm happy to be back on the air this week. Like I said, it was, I was only off for a week, but it feels like I've been gone for so much longer. So I'm getting back into the swing of it. Happy to be talking with all of you. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, did I go off the deep end again? Am I nuts? Um, was I all over the place? Did I not make any sense? I don't know. I start to second guess myself. But I think there's something here, and I, th- I think it's connected. The, the ETs, the hybrids, the AI, the space race that we're seeing now, it's all connected. Even politics and, and the division among people and, and you know left, right, liberal, conservative, I think it's all connected. It's all by design. We're not powerless, though. Let's keep that in mind. Keep learning. Uh, I'm out of time. I need to go, my friends. Check us out, sixcentsmedia.net. Don't forget to sign up for the secret newsletter. Get your free ebook, I Am Human, and We Are Not Who We Think We Are. Sixcentsmedia.net slash I Am Human. Ray Davis, author of Anunnaki Awakening. Check it out at Six Sense Media as well. Check out the affirmation spot. Links are at Six Sense Media. Ray's got a ton of free affirmations out there as well as some paid content that is well worth your investment. Uh, again, um, working on empowering and bettering ourselves. Have a wonderful week, my friends. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been another episode of The Seeker Podcast where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning and keep an open mind. Thank you.